0: this is a nexus special episode 53 e3 2017 on june 14th 2017 and now the beauty artistry and art in the art of game making this nexus special is hosted by ian r buck and andrew bailey so andrew are you ready for this thing get oh, are you, off my games are you, are you okay <laughs> you sound kind of rather aged there uh yeah so it
1: turns out that i'm kind of an old man these days
0: yeah so but, but i'll so you, get over it you, t- you don't uh, you don't follow the the gaming news every single day of the week anymore
1: well, i mean i go to pc gamer like at least twice a night
0: so what
1: <laughs> that counts for something right
0: it actually, I think it counts for a lot more than what I do, because uh, ever since we stopped 8-Bit, um, I have hardly kept up with any video game news other than like checking in at E3 time. Uh, so this is, this is kind of my, like my annual pilgrimage back into the world of, of <laughs> game news. And you are welcomed back. Yay, thank you. Um, now, funny thing about this E3 this year, is that this is the first E3 that's uh, open to the public. Um, so, do you remember back in the day when we used to do like those uh, those intros for the E3 episodes? Would be like, "Yeah, here we are." and We'd have like the the cars, yeah, in and the background. Like, Wait, why is this parking lot empty? <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, so I mean, this is probably the first year that we would have actually been allowed into E3. <laughs> yeah. But uh, so, yeah. like, uh, I'm not
1: not exactly sure how far you go back, but uh, I remember. I think it was maybe 2000. 7 or 2008 mm-hmm. like they completely changed the format like they pretty much had like all the publisher presentations at like completely different theaters across town and like right. the main event hall was like i'm not exactly sure like how much smaller it was but it was like in an airplane hangar or something <laughs> and like yeah. it was from what i heard from like all the reporters and stuff it was just a mess getting around and i think they like sort of revise that the year after and then the year after that they're like screw it we're just going back
0: to the old stuff (laughs) yeah of course we're not we're not nowhere near the what e3 started off as in like 1995 which was originally for uh the video game publishers to like shop around their their games to actual physical retail stores, uh, you know, to to get those those uh, orders placed in time for the holiday season. Like, (laughs) yeah, it is so different from what that is.
1: Yeah. And even even now, you know, E3 is like heavily a marketing based thing.
0: Yeah. Whereas,
1: you know, things like Penny Arcade is like more about the actual players. Mm
0: hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah, and, and so much of it is just, you know, live-streamed online now that, uh, I mean, I can't imagine, other other than actually getting to play demos of the games there at E3, um, you know, we're not actually missing out on any of the news by not being there.
1: Yeah, and we're, like, totally missing out on
0: waiting in line for, like, five hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I think I'm fine being here at home. Uh, me too. Uh, all right, let's talk about some of those announcements. Um Mainly, we're going to be pulling, uh, information from the big, like, press conferences that all of the, uh, the major companies held before E3, the actual event started. Um, and of course, there's, there's way too much information in there for us to go over it, uh, in one podcast episode. So we're just going to, uh, Hopefully, bring the the most important um, information. We're we're definitely going to skip over anything that's just like they had a new trailer for this game, right. and and there wasn't any new information. And um,
1: it it almost seems like we're going to go in uh, canonical order, uh, like uh, how
0: should I say it? like in order of the presentations? Yeah, yeah, chronological order. Yeah, yep, because <laughs> that's the order that I wrote them down in. Um, <laughs> Alright, so E3, or E3, EA was, uh, the first company up and they had. A3, same thing. It's, yeah. Um, actually, most of these companies had like a clever hashtag that somehow incorporated like their company name with E3 and like, you know, fuse them together into one hashtag. Um, but yeah, so EA, um, they started off talking about Battlefield 1 um and how it's got some new content that's coming um i think it's going to be probably like a dlc um campaign kind of thing extra maps um mostly based on the russian front of world war 1 um and i believe that they've got some more game modes coming in but i they weren't super specific on what those game modes were
1: yeah um i haven't really followed any of the, the uh like the big you know how should i say uh war games, you know, Battlefield, Call of Duty.
0: Mhm. So. Yeah, we're we're going all the way back to um World War 1 and World War 2 these days. So old yeah. is <laughs> Yeah.
1: So we're we're going back to where we came from uh because like didn't Battlefield, yeah, Battlefield and Call of Duty
0: were both World War 2 games initially. Yep. Yep, definitely. Um now esports is not exactly an old thing um but EA has not typically had like a super strong presence in the esports area you know usually when you think of esports you think of like League of Legends or um LOL, yeah like Overwatch um maybe a little bit of Hearthstone um and EA when they were when they were talking about how they're getting serious about esports and they're going to be making games that can be used as esports for some reason All of the games that they were talking about... Yeah, they chose
1: actual sports games.
0: Yeah, they were literal sports games. So the one that they were focusing most on, I think, was FIFA. Uh, And they're talking about having actual, like, in-person championships for really good FIFA players. (laughs) Which is so crazy. Like, I feel like we've come full circle there.
1: Yeah. So then then they presented a few sort of indie-styled games.
0: Mm Mm-hmm yeah e a definitely big on the indies right yeah,
1: yeah. um i think it was uh, actually in the next one that uh i think like two of these sort of indie ish games had very
0: unique art styles to them mm-hmm yeah um yeah so they were talking about e a originals which is their program for like supporting indie developers um i think pro- i think it was not just monetarily but also in like promotions and stuff like that um And the one that they showed off didn't really have a a super unique art style, um, but it had a very, very unique gameplay twist. Um, So this was uh, a way out um, from the creator of Brothers, A Tale of Two Sons, which, as you may recall, was that game where you were controlling two characters with one controller. Yeah, And um, a way out kind of takes the inverse of that idea. You've got two characters uh in this narrative based game it's more of a split sp- split screen required game yep yep so both you both players will always be able to see both characters um yeah, yeah on their split screen um the intention of course is for you to be playing with somebody like on a couch next to each other but you can play online with somebody else um but even if you're playing online you'll still see the split screen yeah and uh, I'm actually I'm really excited about that game because um, I'll be starting a, um, a live stream, a weekly live stream on my YouTube channel, Disappointingly Dry, where we play a bunch of like narrative based games and having having a narrative based game that incorporates the gameplay heavily into the narrative, I think is like a really, really cool thing um, and will definitely be good on, on my channel.
1: Unfortunately, I'm not exactly watching your YouTube channel right
0: now. That's all right. I mean, we haven't started any of the gaming stuff yet. Um, so far, it's just been uh, some some shorter videos of my sisters trying to explain slang terms to the old man. <laughs> <laughs> um, Let's see, BioWare. Uh, of course, EA would never go in E3 without announcing something for BioWare. Um, they yep. have a new game called Anthem uh, on the horizon, where you are going to be playing as a freelancer, um, which is like somebody who puts on these specialized mech suits in order to, like, kind of leave these these walled cities. Yeah, yeah. cities to go out um, into the world and, and fight, like, these, these large monsters. Yeah.
1: Like, it, like, for a while there, it seemed like there was some kind of aliens going on in there, too. Yeah, maybe. Um, it wasn't really clear.
0: Yeah, and, and it never is very clear on the very first trailer that we see for, <laughs> for a game like this. What a uh, ripoff. But, but, uh, yeah, so that, like, that, that whole walled city, like, going out to, like, fight something concept seems a lot like Destiny. Um, of course, we've got, uh, you know, it, it seems kind of like Mass Effect in terms of the, like, the, the technology that's being used in this thing. Um, and of course, it, it feels a little bit more like Iron Man as well, cause you're, you're in mech suits. Yeah. And not like big mech suits like Hawken, more like, you know, kind of skin, like a shell skin, yeah, kind of like, definitely more like heavy armor kind of thing yep yep
1: but with jetpacks
0: yeah and i thought it was hilarious that they like were using the jetpacks to sprint around on the map and there appears to be like infinite sprint in this game so like apparently these jetpacks never run out of fuel no big deal
1: yeah
0: it's only a nuclear reactor on your back right sure sure (laughs) um now this is a cooperative open world third person shooter um the trailer only showed four people playing at a time, so we're not sure what like the the party size is uh, in this game. Um, more, I'm sure that more details are coming later. Yeah, it it almost looks like an MMO, but it doesn't look like it is.
1: Uh, you know, you know yeah. how you can just you know, have people drop
0: in. I didn't see any dance animations, so uh, it might be a different kind. <laughs> Next up, they talked a little bit about Seed, which is something that I had never heard of before. But apparently, it's like um, this this internal team within EA. Um, Seed stands for Search for Extraordinary Experiences Division, um, and they are apparently like kind of playing around with ways to use AI um, and incorporating that into like proper AI and incorporating that into games. Um, so they're, they're trying to build systems that like learn and can mimic humans. Um, and yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting if we have like uh computer controlled characters in games that actually like adapt and change over time um, based on, on, you know, how you interact with them, like more so than in a telltale game, of course, <laughs> so-and-so will remember this. Indeed. Yeah. Um, and then the thing that everybody was there for with the EA press conference was, of course, Battlefront. Um, so we had, let's see, how long ago did the did Battlefront come out? The uh, the the new remake? Uh the new one. Um, probably two or three years ago. Two, three. Okay, yeah. Because um, I I remember
1: you know doing LAN parties with my friends like over ten years ago and playing Star Wars Battlefront.
0: Right, yeah, we're not talking about that one. we're talking about yeah they uh, although that one was good too. Oh, yes, of course. um yeah, so so Battlefront Two is uh, on the horizon now that's coming out in the fall sometime, um, and they they teased a little bit more about the story in Battlefront two. Um, that was actually one of the things that held me back from buying battlefront a couple of years ago was the fact that there wasn't really any new unique story in it um so i didn't feel the need to go and get it because i wasn't really like i wasn't interested in, in the multiplayer very much um but in battlefront 2 we are going to have a story that doesn't appear anywhere else um and uh i'm pretty sure from the trailers that it it takes place around episode 6 so the the battle of endor um kind of that that era multiplayer on the other hand will cover all three eras of the uh, star wars saga um so that'll be pretty cool you can you know go and and have clones versus droids or rebels versus uh empire or resistance versus uh first order new order first order maybe oh, I, need go- <laughs> I need to go and rewatch uh the force awakens apparently um yeah so they they showed off uh some multiplayer stuff and um, and they told us a little bit about some post-launch content that they assured us will be free. Um, so we we'll I, I think there's a DLC. Um, yeah, I'm sure that they didn't mean that all of the post-launch content will be free. Um, there might be an they, expansion or something. Yeah, I think I think what they specifically said was that there's um, uh, Finn and Captain Phasma will be like characters that appear in the game uh, in a DLC later on that'll be free yeah um so that's that's ea uh any final thoughts on them uh they're ea yeah, yeah. <laughs> um yeah i mean they're they're doing uh they're doing their thing yeah. <laughs> not much has changed there um next up microsoft had their press conference um which they actually literally just called the xbox briefing um which is as a pc gamer uh a little disheartening um but of course, I mean, at least I need to congratulate
1: Microsoft on keeping it simple. Sure. Uh, yeah. You know, some Sometimes, you know, Microsoft just likes to go overboard and adding words to things.
0: <laughs> yeah. And of course, um, Microsoft has been pretty clear, like, their, when they say Xbox, they now mean, like, all of their gaming stuff, because, like, their intention is that all PC gaming falls under the Xbox moniker as well, uh, even though... You know, most of us don't use, like, Xbox Live. We don't use our Xbox account to buy the games that we're playing on, on PC. Yeah, to to them, it just means games. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, of course, the, the big news is that they actually kind of, they, they, they got it out of the way early on and then didn't talk about it afterwards, really. Yeah, this is
1: This is what, you know, everyone's been talking about for, like, I don't know, two years or something.
0: Yeah, um, Project Scorpio now has its official name. Um, it is known as the Xbox One X, which you may notice if you write all of that out as an acronym becomes X B O X, which spells out Xbox. <laughs> well, I'm not sure if you could like put the B in there.
1: Um, because well, Xbox you, yeah. is just one word.
0: I don't know. I do you capitalize the B in Xbox? It's I, it's kind of a sometimes. Yeah. Anyway, um, so this is, this is their new souped-up version of the Xbox One. Um, Back in
1: my day, it was just Xbox!
0: <laughs> well, luckily for you, old is new. We'll talk about that in a moment. Um, so the Xbox One X is coming out on November 7th. Um, it'll be $500, which a lot of people are saying is a mistake. Most, uh, most like consoles a- don't do well at that price point. Yeah, like another PS3-level uh, mistake. Yeah, yeah, um, and of course they they did that just so that they could have the title of the most powerful console ever. Um, so here's uh, here's some of the specs. Um, it's going to have for the CPU, it has eight cores. Um, they're all X eighty six cores of some sort. They're custom ones, um, and they're clocked at two point three gigahertz.
1: Yeah, I believe those are like the lower
0: low end AMD cores. Yep. Yep. I'm pretty sure that, yeah, AMD is still on, on board with, uh, with this console. Yeah. Um, it has 12 gigabytes of GDDR5 RAM. Um, eight gigabytes of that is for the developers. Four gigabytes is for the system. And
1: when you say developers, you mean games.
0: Yeah. Yeah. For, for third party made apps. Got it. Uh, the GPU has 40 computing units, um, clocked at 1172 megahertz. Um, Which seems like very, very few uh, to me, but I, I mean, I have a graphics card that cost almost as much as this entire console. (laughs) Yeah, um, that I bought it,
1: and even, even the uh, original Xbox One uh, had a very fast GPU, but kind of a narrow one, Mm. whereas the PS4 had a wider but slower
0: GPU, which seemed to be more or rather easier to use. Okay, interesting. Um. And this is, I mean, we've we've had like the consoles kind of progressively going like 4K. Hey, that's a thing now. 4K. Here's an extra thing that I can do in 4K. Um, The Xbox One X is. uh, It seems like it does everything in 4K at this point, including it can play um, 4K Blu-rays, which is a first. But most
1: importantly, it can play 4K
0: games. Correct. Yes. Um,
1: And actually, everything everything else up until this point was like kind of fake 4K games. Yeah. you know it could like do 4k netflix or something probably
0: right um, yeah yeah just video playback but not yeah yeah um, and actually the what they're talking about is also that they of course they know that not everybody has a 4k uh television and so they to appeal to those of us who are still in the dark ages of 1080p um, <laughs> they they were talking about how uh, it can use what they called super sampling, but I'm pretty sure just means like rendering it at, at 4K and then downscaling uh, yeah. to, to your screen's resolution um, to like reduce aliasing in the game, um, which is kind of a brute force way of uh, reducing aliasing, I think, but definitely you know, whatever works. <laughs> um, so and, also a one terabyte hard drive. Yep, yep. And that's actually like, So standard at this point. (laughs) Yeah, I'm surprised that they didn't go with something a little bit more interesting.
1: Yeah, and you know, no word on whether it's like upgradable or not. Yeah. Um. But but then again, like all the consoles and stuff have
0: laptop hard drives, right? Yeah, they're two and a half inch drives rather, rather than the you know desktop three and a half inch drives. And that's that's fine. I mean, at a small form factor like that, I wouldn't expect them to have a full three and a half inch. Right. Yeah. But if you're gonna replace your your console's hard drive with, like, a solid-state drive, then you're going to have a two-and-a-half-inch one anyway, probably. Yeah. So that's fine. But, uh, and then, you know, I'm
1: presuming that it's going to support an external drive, so.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I assume that its software is pretty much the same as the current Xbox One. Yeah. So anything that that supports. Actually, yeah, they did specifically say that all Xbox One games and peripherals are compatible with the Xbox One X. Um, and, and old is new, Uh, backwards (laughs) compatibility for the original Xbox's games uh, is also coming. And so I'm pretty sure that that doesn't mean that they're just going to have these games available like in the digital store to, you know, rebuy and download. Um, But I'm pretty sure that the actual discs that you that you may have laying around from early 2000s, those (laughs) will work in the Xbox One X. Yeah, Uh,
1: although that would be very, uh, very cool. If they were but, downloadable,
0: yeah, and I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they did that as well. Um, but that's you know the the proper like physical backwards compatibility is what everybody seems to be looking for.
1: Yeah, and uh, it, uh, I read an article that you know the head of the Xbox uh,
0: division wants to port
1: that to PC as well.
0: Mm, yes, that would be cool. Yeah. Um, and I suppose yeah. It, I don't know how much of it on the Xbox One is emulation. It's probably all emulation, actually, since it's x86. Yeah. Since it's x86, I wouldn't think that there would be too much emulation. Um,
1: If anything, there would probably just be, you know, graphical stuff going on. Well, Um, no, because
0: I mean, like, the original Xbox was a PowerPC architecture, right? No, it was like a Pentium 3 derivative. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting, interesting. And the GPU was,
1: like essentially a geforce three huh yeah i learned something new today so uh also uh it's go- it has like a
0: vapor chamber type of heat sink mm-hmm. yeah so. so that that i mean they called it liquid cooling but that sounds different than the liquid cooling that i think of
1: yeah it's it's one of those marketing terms that lie
0: <laughs> <laughs> lies and deceit um Now, here's something that I was not expecting to see at Microsoft's press conference. Assassin's Creed Origins was announced. Not at Ubisoft's press conference, but at Microsoft's. No, no, at the Xbox one. Uh, Yeah, at the Xbox briefing. Um, And when I saw that, I was like, wait, what is Ubisoft going to even talk about? Um, But we'll get to that in a bit. So, yeah, so Assassin's Creed Origins um, takes place in ancient Egypt. So this is the first time that we're going back even before the uh the timeline yeah, of the original the original Assassin's Creed, yep. And they actually they said in the trailer like uh that this is this is like the first group of people who called themselves assassins. So I don't think that they'll be going back in time from here uh at all to like the stone age or anything. Mhm. Yeah, yeah. Um although I mean uh, you could say that all of that like Garden Eden stuff kind of uh, you know, <laughs> Does go back a little ways. Um, yeah, they had a bunch of, um, gameplay, um, that, uh, you know, of course has your classic, like, uh, climbing around and sneak attacking people, uh, as an assassin. Um, but it also, like, incorporated kind of these, um, like, like you could use, this eagle that flew overhead to like have a have a top down view of the area and like tag targets from there. Um, yeah, it seemed like uh, what was that other Stone Age
1: Ubisoft game? Um, it it wasn't a Far Cry one.
0: Was it the one with all the mechanical dinosaurs? No, no. I think that was like Horizons or something. Yeah, Horizon Zero Dawn. No, I'm I'm not sure what you're talking. Oh, oh, wait, wait, wait. Oh, Far Cry Primal. Yeah yeah um and actually decker played that, so we could ask him if it's got if that had any uh crazy eagle gameplay <laughs> well, maybe, maybe it was an owl or something, but yeah, some kind of bird that you could use to like scout and drop bombs and stuff mhm mhm-,
1: so it was a far cry game, huh
0: yeah and um yeah so we'll 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 have to see uh as time goes on um how you know what things in Assassin's Creed Origins kind of stays the same, and what things uh, what things are different from other Assassin's Creed games, um, and that is coming out October twenty seventh. So after what what a uh, year hiatus? Oh, did they not come out
1: with a with an Assassin's Creed this last fall? Uh, no, they didn't. Oh, interesting. Cause, okay, cause I believe the last one was uh, the one in England. Oh yeah. Okay.
0: Yep. Yeah. Sounds right. Um. Now here, uh, Minecraft, Minecraft, of course, uh, yay. This is the biggest change that Microsoft has announced for, for the Minecraft universe since they bought it. Um, and it is quite the change. Uh, so multiplayer across all All platforms, platforms, quote unquote, all platforms is being united under Xbox live. Um, and the three platforms that are not being united under that, banner is uh the ps4 version uh, because
1: sony are jerks
0: well yeah um the wii u i'm not sure why on that one because the switch version of minecraft is is uh being unified under xbox live um and the java version of minecraft the the original one yeah the classic minecraft um but i mean that doesn't mean that pc gamers are not going to be able to play cross-platform uh, because the the Windows 10 version of uh, Minecraft, which I believe I believe as long as you have an account that like a Minecraft account that bought the Java version, I think that you have the Windows 10 version. Don't that, quote me on that, but I think so. That would be great. That yeah. <laughs> um, and they're also they're also kind of rolling in a bunch of stuff that used to be like kind of adjacent to the game but you had to like kind of install it or run it separately from the game um a lot of things are being rolled back into the game itself so this includes like skins um servers um you, i i don't know how community made mods are going to interact with minecraft in this new universe that they're building but um um but yeah a lot of these things are being rolled back into the game oh, as well. oh yeah and a super duf- duper graphics pack oh my gosh uh it it's it so pretty it you know literally all that I noticed was like, okay, they've got like um particle effects on the lighting now, well, yeah, like volumetric fog or something, yeah yeah, um, and and
1: like I'm not exactly sh- oh yeah, and the like there's shadows, like true shadows,
0: <laughs> yeah, but they li- like all of the all of the blocks have the exact same number of like pixels on each yeah. side, it's yeah. like nothing's changed except. For for these weird like it feels shinier. it feels weird to see this game that has like really nice volumetric lighting effects and then like these big blocks with giant pixels yeah it looks just like the 90s you know just like it has <laughs> i'm pretty sure that they um i mean i think that they said that there's a 4k update coming for minecraft or something like that it's like what i okay um yeah <laughs> if you must If you really need to slap that 4K uh, label on it, you can do that. It would probably run extremely fast, too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, Life is Strange, before the storm. Uh, When this was announced uh my fiance savannah looked up and she and she immediately called out one of the characters and was like wait they're still alive and i was like hey wait a minute i haven't played through it yet don't give me spoilers um and it turns out that that character is still alive because this is a prequel to life is strange um and i guess um i haven't played the original so i don't know who you play as but apparently you're playing as a different character in the prequel um it is going to be episodic, just like the original, but this one's only going to be three episodes. The first episode is coming out on August 31st, 2017. Um, and outside of of the game announcements news, um, I found out that the, the voice actress who plays one of the characters, one of the main characters um, in the original game, was not able to reprise her role in Life is Strange Before the Storm because of the voice actor's uh, strike that's been going on for like, a few months now uh, I think. Uh, yeah it's like two hundred some days at this point, so that's all yeah that's almost a year um, <laughs> and um but she 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 is working on the project as like a writing consultant um specifically for the character that she played um, so that's an interesting compromise and yeah, since this is like a, a um an episodic uh narrative based game uh, I'm definitely looking forward to playing. Playing both of those uh on on my youtube channel as well so then we
1: have uh, metro exodus uh, which is uh the next game in the metro series Mm -hmm. i think this is
0: what the third third major one
1: right uh that
0: sounds about right yeah not counting all the reduxes and yes so uh
1: if you're not familiar with this it's kind of like uh uh, how should you say like a cross is sort of like you know post-apocalyptic game where Russia got nuked uh, so instead of being Fallout it's you know set in Russia uh, specifically
0: the uh, subway tunnels yep although this one I believe this yeah. kind of takes the player mostly out of the tunnels and into yeah. the world above. Of- yeah and
1: although I have I think it's the original one 2033 I believe uh, even though I have that one, I haven't played it, but I, but I'm aware that's like you, whenever you go above ground, you have, uh, like a timer on your, uh, gas mask.
0: Right. Yeah. Uh,
1: so then like when I was, you know, watching this trailer, it's like, um, why are you taking it off? Like, aren't you going to die or something?
0: Yeah. They literally, they had the gas mask on while they were underground and then they took it off when they went above
1: ground. I'm like, okay, well things are green up here. So I guess that's good.
0: I guess so. Yeah um there's still monsters of course there will always be monsters yes um next up is this one really caught my attention actually the last night um and it is kind of like this this film noir um kind of futuristic uh you know like neon lights and and flying cars kind of futuristic um but it's like it's all 8-bit um
1: But this is this is the
0: one I thought had
1: a very, very interesting art style.
0: Yeah. And it's like it's it's 8 bit. But in a way where they like
1: it it looked a little bit more like a Super Nintendo or uh, 16 bit. Yeah. Yeah. But like, like there was definitely multiple parallax scrolling
0: going on. Yep. Yep. And like the the objects can like have a have a a high degree of like rotation relative to where the camera is, you know, like they, they made versions of the objects at many different angles. Yeah. Um, they can like almost smoothly transition, you know, like a, a car facing sideways relative to the camera to like facing away from the camera kind of thing. Um, Which I mean, I can't imagine how much work that took to do all that pixel art. That looks crazy. <laughs> um. I, I have no idea what the gameplay is going to be like in that uh, or exactly where the story is going to go, but I definitely have my eyes on that one. Um, let's see the artful escape. Um, now I have to remember what this one was. I don't remember. I don't remember what this one was about. <laughs> um, we wrote it down, but uh, I don't remember much about it from the, from the video. Yeah. It's
1: very artful. I can tell you that.
0: Okay. Yep, good. Um, Ashen. Uh, Ashen had, like, a very simplistic art design, um, but it, you know, it still looks gorgeous. It's just very kind of minimalistic. Um, Looks like it had co-op, but we're not sure. Um, And it has lots and lots of enemies, um, like Dark Souls Mm -hmm. level of enemies. Yep. Um, Shadow of War, of course. I think Shadow of War uh, made an appearance on all of the major most of the major like uh, um, press conferences that didn't have, that weren't being run by rival uh, publishers. Um, Which uh,
1: apparently we're not going to go over the PC uh, gamer one, but uh, yeah,
0: I believe shadow of war was uh, prominently featured in that one as well. Yep. Yep. Um, and I don't think that we really have any new information about shadow of war. Cause they've been announcing a lot of, in, you know, information over the last few months um but yeah you'll be like building up your orc army and uh and trying to take uh you know take territory within mordor um
1: yeah and then the, they, they uh, showed like a brief uh gameplay uh clip of you actually going in and like fighting this dude and like uh you know getting
0: him on your side mm-hmm. and i'm like wait orc- orcs are like this yeah, in the in the Shadow of Mordor and Shadow of War, you can kind of like take over their minds, yeah. Because uh, your your character apparently has uh, progressed to the point where he's got so much power that he can just like yeah manipulate uh, the, their their minds to joining. You're him <laughs> <laughs> Um. And the last thing, the last game that they showed off, uh, was Ori and the Will of the Wisps, a follow up to Ori and the Blind Forest. Um. Very like definitely recognizable um, in terms of the the visual style um, looked like the the original one, um, but a little bit more visually stunning. Um, the soundtrack also sounds very similar to the first and they actually had like live uh, performance. Yeah, con- yeah, the composer was like right
1: there playing piano over the, uh, the trailer.
0: Yeah, yeah, that was really cool. Um, and of course, Ori and the Blind Forest was, uh, very emotionally impactful. So we expect, uh, Ori and the Will of the Wisps to, uh, mirror that as well. Uh, all right. Up next, Bethesda. Uh, uh pretty much
1: everyone's favorite,
0: maybe. Yeah, I think out of all of the press conferences, this one had the most games that I was interested in personally. Yeah.
1: And like the whole presentation of like, uh going through a retro theme park was yeah uh,
0: that was really cool. creative yeah, yeah. i love that
1: <laughs> yeah and like if if i want to venture a guess like pretty much you know when they were doing the uh nuka world expansion that they were like hmm we might be able to pull this off uh for
0: e3 as well <laughs> yep um all right so they started off talking about uh a few of their which, interesting which, games which, which, you know, again, like the retro
1: styling for their presentation also went with, you know, the retro styling of like a few
0: of their games as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In particular, Fallout. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so a few of their games are coming to VR. Um, they they have a a new version of Doom called Doom VFR. Um, and it's going to have, it seems like it has like a teleportation mechanic for movement. Um uh, when Ian Decker wrote in these notes, he said that it reminds him of the original Metroid Prime games and that you have to stop moving in order to aim. Um, yeah, so- like I haven't played either this Doom or uh,
1: Dishonored, but it kind of looked like you were, you know, getting around using Dishonored mechanics a little bit.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and that kind of, I mean, I kind of understand why they would do that in the VR game um, because like the the fast paced movement that's typical of of a Doom uh you know game would might not be so great for uh keeping your lunch in your stomach.
1: <laughs> oh, you're not hardcore enough.
0: Yeah, evidently. Um <laughs> I know that they they also mentioned of course Skyrim is coming to VR. Um that was a big announcement. I by the way, I am consistently amazed at how long Skyrim is having like full support from their publisher. Yeah.
1: It's it's been what six years now or so. It's,
0: it definitely, yeah. It came out while I was in college, um, and and it's yeah. They're they're coming out with it for new platforms. You know, it's coming to the Switch. Yeah. Um. They're they're bringing it to into VR. a whole new yeah VR a whole new paradigm. They, they ported it into the engine of its next game. mm Hmm. Um. And and they. I mean, they also support like the, the modding community, um, and they are kind of taking another step in that direction, um, with the, the formation of the creation club, which is, um, like a, kind of, um, a, a storefront for cre- cur a storefront for curated mods for both fallout, fallout four and Skyrim. Um, and that's, I think not just on PC, but also on like consoles, yeah. um, yeah and i i think that they mainly did this for the consoles because there it's it's you know very difficult to like get mods onto a console unless it's like officially supported right and uh, and of course so, because because we're going corporate now uh, i think most of those are going to be paid mods yeah it
1: will, it wasn't exactly clear but it seemed to be kind of optional
0: mm-hmm. um
1: and at least you know they mentioned you know, this is going to be like all original mods, so
0: like you can't exactly like rip off someone else's mod. Oh, sure, sure. Um, and I, I think, I mean, I'm all right with it being uh paid for mods because like they they ha- are putting it through some like quality uh assurance testing, you know. Yeah, to that, make sure that would be great yeah to make sure that the mods are actually compatible i've been watching my brother playing a bunch of civilization 5 with you know like umpteen mods installed and he has to periodically like alt tab out of the game to close a little warning saying like we could not load such and such font for the (laughs) game and then like you know after that there's a bunch of like images that won't load correctly and you know (laughs) he once accidentally uh researched a technology that was from like the information age while it was 1900 BC. Um, <laughs> yeah. It, <laughs> so, so, so
1: if, yeah, if I making recall, making sure that a good thing, <laughs> which if I recall, isn't like Civ five, that's not 64 bit, is it?
0: I have no idea.
1: Yeah. I think it might've been like Civ six that they mentioned that, but yeah, like, you know, it's, you know, Civ Five was kind of on that you know four gigabyte uh, transition or so.
0: Mm, hmm Yeah. Um. Let's talk about another Bethesda game. Yeah. <laughs> Rolling it back into our E3 stuff. Yeah, um, Dishonored. Dishonored. Holy cow! Did you see this coming? Uh, I
1: knew that they were making another Dishonored, but I think that ended up being Dishonored Two.
0: Mm, uh. Okay, so. Yeah. So this is um. So th- what they announced was dishonored death of the outsider which is a they describe it as a standalone DLC adventure um so i, I guess that, that i guess they have to call it a DLC if they're not going to be putting it in physical storefronts that's probably what that means yeah i guess um for our, for our purposes uh it's uh, its own its own game yeah. uh, and it's going to be um it, it's kind of similar to like the DLC from the first Dishonored, where you were playing as Dodd. Um, because we're going to be following um well, we're going to be playing as Billy Lurk, who's working for Dodd, who is the, you know, assassin who like um took out the Empress at the beginning of the first game. Um, and apparently now our mission is we're going to be taking out the outsider. Uh, which is like, I never imagined that uh, any of the characters in this universe were going to be like even think that they were going to be able to do that. Uh, so this will be very interesting. <laughs> I'm definitely looking forward to it. Yeah. Then uh, speaking of games that we didn't really
1: anticipate, The Evil Within 2. Yeah. Yeah. This, uh, this pretty much only surfaced,
0: you know, like imminently before E3, I think. Um. Yeah. And I, I, guess, I guess the reason that I wasn't expecting The Evil Within is probably because I forgot that The Evil Within existed <laughs> or was a bethesda game yeah yeah that too um now wolfenstein i could never forget about wolfenstein um yeah, they have... a, a uh, another retro game yes old is new and uh and we're, we're so far into into the that theme yeah. that um we've got yeah. another sequel to the like reboot
1: <laughs> yeah and uh you know like when they were showing the trailer for this it really looked like a fallout game because, mm. like, it was going through, you know, the retro shows with, you know, like, uh, rather uh, imaginary, high-tech, you know, kind of bulky uh, technology. And right. then it zooms out and it shows, like, a TV and what looks
0: like a vault. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, then I'm I like, think, oh, yeah, Wolfenstein. <laughs> I figured out it was Wolfenstein as soon as there was, like, a German guy talking. Um <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's, it looks like it's going to be as, uh, as destruct, casually destructive as the first one. Um, hopefully. Oh, just casual destruction. Yeah, you know, I mean, That's it's, serious. Just, just bang, bang, shoot, shoot. Ask questions later. Um, <laughs> let God figure him out. Hopefully, um, the the character development um takes a few steps forward uh in this one. They I've I heard that the first that the that Wolfenstein, the remake, um did have a really good story, um but uh but didn't like develop the main character as much as they could have. Um Yeah,
1: Bethesda. So yeah, yeah, you know, I I kinda like the uh, retro styling of the whole uh you know, presentation.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: So, uh, I'm, I'm still working my way through the Fallout 4 DLC,
0: so. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, um, man, I wish that I had time to play RPGs, but I make too much of my own media to consume all of that media. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, All right. Ubisoft. Um, so they, given that they announced Assassin's Creed, origins uh way up in microsoft's um what do you think that they opened up with uh on their press conference uh they opened up with uh their new logo oh yes that's true that's very true um and they yeah they they kind of I, I like how they had that logo kind of in different like color schemes and and different uh materials for all of the different games that they're making yeah, yeah. that was pretty neat um but no the, the first uh the first thing that they did was like Nintendo present- thing. yeah they they invited um one of the guys from Nintendo. I don't uh, remember I what, believe which it one was, it was Shigeru Miyamoto. Was it Miyamoto? Okay, yeah. Um it, it really and, looked like it. So and, I and, pretty much like skipped past that part of the presentation. Yeah. I also I was listening to it uh while I was biking, so I did not see his face. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, they, they had Nintendo on because not only uh, has Ubisoft been one of the the major publishers that's consistently been like you know supporting Nintendo platforms over the years with like mm-hmm. you know Just Dance on the Wii and the Wii U but also like um, you know they had they Zombie, made, U. Yeah, Zombie U Zombie um, U way back uh, at the at the launch of the Wii U um, but uh, yeah they they wanted to announce actually a game that they were making in collaboration with Nintendo. Uh, based on one of Nintendo's franchises, actually combining a couple of franchises. Um, uh, the most popular one, of course. Yes, the most popular, Rabbids.
1: Uh, the other one.
0: Oh, oh, oh Mario. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we've got, uh, a Mario crossover with Rabbids, which is not something that I think anybody has ever asked for. And I, I I really wonder why they're doing this. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not really familiar with the uh, Rabbits. But... Um, me neither. I can't even tell you like what what genre of game the Rabbits games are. Um, but this one is they they're making a game that's set in the Mushroom Kingdom, and you're playing as Mario. And the problem that you're facing is that there are all of these rabbits from some other universe that accidentally came through, and now they're wreaking havoc. Uh, as rabbits do, and you have to, like, I- I'm not sure if you're gonna, like, take them out, or if you're going to, like, uh, somehow make them so that they're not, like, so that they can peacefully live in your world, or what, but anyway, the, be- the the gameplay looks very similar to XCOM, um, where you've got, like, this kind of turn-based, um, but, like, like in an almost third-person-over-the-shoulder kind of view, um, And, and I mean, the, that gameplay sounds really good, but like, I don't think that I would want to listen to the sounds that those rabbits make for, for any more of my life. I think I've heard (laughs) enough of it. I can't imagine wanting to play this game. (laughs) Uh, it's like, uh, uh, why did that have to be rabbits? (laughs) Anyway, um, yeah, as you can imagine, this game is coming to the switch, uh, and I'm pretty sure that that's it, um, because we can't have any, any Nintendo franchises on any other platforms. So, and now for a game that might be up more people's harbors. Hey! Uh,
1: Skull and Bones.
0: Yeah. So this one is kind of like a, a spiritual successor to um, Assassin's Creed 4, Black Flag. Um, actually, it definitely seems a lot like that because the... Um, it's all pirates and stuff yeah well not only is it all pirates, but also like the the way that you sail around and control your ship as you're sailing looked very very familiar to me um and uh it's going to be set in an online shared systemic world uh which is quite the mouthful <laughs> and I'm not sure exactly i I don't think that means that it's like a full like persistent universe open world kind of thing um because what they what they showed. During the uh, press conference, was like a five v five multiplayer kind of round, um, and so it seems like it's more more round based than um, than actual like you know a a a world that is persistent. Um, not sure exactly what like what gameplay modes are going to be. The one that they showed off uh, had to do with like um, there there was like this merchant convoy going through the area, and your your group of like five pirate ships, um, you know, spotted them. But there's another group of also five pirate ships that also spotted them. So you're competing with this other group to try to get the most loot um, before like the pirate hunters show up and chase everybody away. Um, and so whoever gets away with with the most money comes out on top. Mm-hmm. Um, looks like it should be fun. Um, I would definitely have a lot of fun with that because that is like the whole. Sailing around on a ship and and trying to go after uh, go after ships that I spot was like the thing that I enjoyed most about Assassin's Creed Four. Um, it wasn't the assassin stuff; it was all of the ships. Uh, so I think I, I'll probably check this one out when it comes out. Um, how about Far Cry? Yay! Uh, yeah. So the I think. I don't think that they actually told us anything new about this game, um but uh in the months leading up to e three they announced that Far Cry Three is yeah um set in rural Montana, and you're going to be going after like this uh, cult this, or something like, yeah like white nationalist cult um that's kind of taken over this this town, so um they in their
1: presentation,
0: they did give some uh, uh gameplay. Yeah, and I think this is the first time that we've seen actual gameplay footage from the game. Um, so, so if you want to see that, go and check it out. Yeah, it looks like you got a whole bunch of buddies and you're tearing the place up. Mm-hmm. Have we had have we had co-op in a Far Cry before? You're asking the wrong person, because <laughs> um, I I know that that's a thing in in Far Cry Five, and I think it might be a first for the series. Yeah, so um, so
1: long as they do another Blood Dragon, that's actually good. although although if they would do an assassin's creed blood dragon that would be the one everyone's been waiting for that would be crazy yeah
0: um i feel like assassin's creed is a little bit too serious though for for something crazy like like blood dragon you know um well i mean was far cry kind of serious not really i mean you like far cry 3 which is kind of the first time that like most people started paying attention to the series. Um, You know, your character ended up like going on drug trips and, uh, and the the original one was, uh, you know, kind of
1: nonsensical as well.
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: So, I mean, I guess blood dragon just, you know, made it go even more insane. (laughs) And I think, I think we, we need to have some uh, fun with assassin's creed as well. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah.
0: Now, they finished off their presentation with something that uh, I don't think that anybody saw this coming. Uh, and, beyond... and, and yet everyone has been waiting for
1: and pretty much given up hope for.
0: Yeah, right. Um, beyond Good and Evil 2. Um, surprisingly, this is going to be a prequel to the original. Um, we are seeing a lot of prequels this year, aren't we? Uh, maybe. Yeah, I mean, we've got Assassin's Creed. We've got Beyond Good and Evil. We've got Life is Strange. Um So, yeah, yeah, this is this is uh, sort of been like the last guardian
1: of games. Uh, You know, uh, you know, everyone this is like, uh, didn't the original come out in like 2000 or something?
0: Yeah, like maybe 2003 or something like that.
1: Yeah. And people have been wanting a sequel or some black, you know, beyond good and evil, you know, game since then.
0: Yeah. Um, And I. I don't know exactly how similar this is going to be to the original. Cause it, like the original had to do with you were like this journalist who was like running around trying to expose like these bad things that like the, the alien government was doing. Right. Cause it's set in a world where like the, like uh, yeah,
1: I've, I've never, I've never played the original either. So um,
0: yeah. So I'm, I'm kind of grasping for, for details that have been, Buried way back in my mind. Um, But I'm pretty sure that, yeah, you were a journalist who was like running around trying to document this stuff and, and like, there's like a pig somewhere. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Well, because it's set like uh, way far in the future, several hundred years in the future. Um, And I think that like human society has been kind of uh, incorporated into this larger like alien society or something like that. Um, Yeah. Anyway, uh, Beyond Good and Evil 2. I have no idea exactly how it's going to tie into that. Um, if it's going to give us like a, a, a glimpse at what the world was like before like these crazy things started happening with the government government, like kidnapping people or something. Is that what happened in the first one? I don't know.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But apparently this pig dude
0: uh, is like a treasure hunter or something. Mm-hmm. Um, that does seem to be what he's doing in that trailer. Mm-hmm. Trying to get a golden idol, but it turns out it's chocolate. Yep. How do you, okay. How do you feel about that monkey? Um,
1: a monkey that, you know, does monkey things of jumping around and, you know, taking
0: things everywhere. Cause he seems like he, he's definitely intended to be kind of this goofy, uh, Some you know, comic like relief. relief. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I feel like he's just on the cusp of being like too much. And I'm not sure if he's going to be annoying or not. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I definitely, uh, you know, He's like you. claptrap. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what I would say. Just, just so long as he doesn't talk as much as clap track does, I think we'll be fine. <laughs> yep.
0: Um, and I, yeah, I, st- we still have no idea like who the playable character is in this game. Cause it was just a, a pre-rendered like CGI trailer, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, moving on to Sony, um, I think Sony, like, other than, uh, so we mentioned that Bethesda had, like, the really creative way of presenting their press conference as a kind of a tour through a park. Sony, I think, had what looked like the coolest press conference to be at in person because they incorporated all these, like, physical things into. Pyrotechnics and stuff. Yeah, like, they, they were they were sprinkling snow on the audience,
1: um, you know, during. Which, like, which, for that one, I thought it was going to be the God of War presentation, but it wasn't.
0: Mm mm hmm. Um, they, they, they like dangled some, some, uh, fake zombies from the ceiling that like moved around when the zombies on this, on the screen were moving. Like, that's crazy. Um, but yeah, uh, the stuff that they announced, um, they, they talked about this new thing that they're coming out with called Playlink, which is like a series, uh, a, a collection of games that are designed for your phone to be the controller. Um, which I think is a pretty cool concept. Um and it actually kind of reminds me of like this kind of tech demo that Google came out with way back in the day where like you you would visit like um the same website on everybody's phones. It was like a Chrome uh experiment kind of thing. Um and then yeah, each like each person who entered that shared room um would use their phone as as the controller. Um but Playlink seems to be using like the unique the, you know the unique pieces of technology that are in phones um to to enhance the games um, so like the one that I saw a video of was like this uh um, this game where like you know it, it's like a party game where everybody like takes a picture of themselves and like that's that's their avatar in the game um and each round is like asking a question of like who in the group do you think would be most likely to do a certain thing, you know, like, uh, who's most likely to make out with a bunch of strangers, um, you know, at at, like a festival or whatever, um, something silly like that. And then you pick, you know, which person and, and, you know, then it shows like the person's picture up there when, or, uh, you know, it shows everybody votes. Um, you know, it, it lets you like draw on, on like pictures that you take. Um, so it should be, I think it should be a good concept for specifically for party games. Um probably not for single player games so much. Um I I wouldn't really enjoy using my phone as a controller for any single player games that I can think of. <coughs> Kids these days. <laughs> um but yeah, it's it I mean it's it's like I don't think that this is going to be something that's going to really like turn around and bite them in the butt because it's not like they're trying to sell a bunch of peripherals to us you know um it's just incorporating a piece of technology that most people already have with them at all times um and allowing that to interact with a game that's up on the you know the big screen in the room um actually come to think of it this would be like the perfect kind of thing to bring to some like a platform like um android tv uh or apple tv or something like that you know um, cause it, it's definitely not, it's not like a high performance type thing. You know, we're not trying to render amazing graphics. Um, you know, it's just providing like an interface between the phones and, uh, and the game itself. Um, now on to some more conventional games. Um, one of Sony's biggest, uh, first party series. Of course, it, uh, n- no. That's I actually come to think of it, hmm, Square Enix didn't have like an E3 uh press conference. Um but anyway, yeah, Uncharted. Uh so I guess it's their version of Laura Croft, right? <laughs> yeah. When
1: when this when this trailer started playing, it was like, oh, it's probably Laura Croft, but
0: you know. Nope, not quite. Um so the next uh, Uncharted game is called Uncharted the Lost Legacy. Um and it's kind of a spin-off, you know, we're no longer with Nathan Drake. Um, but uh we've got kind of two main characters and they don't get along very well. So, uh, kind of a very different vibe than, uh, than the other Uncharted games where you've got kind of this like, um, witty, almost happy go lucky like banter going on. But, uh, no, tensions are high in, uh, in Uncharted The Lost Legacy.
1: Uh, as is in Days Gone.
0: Yeah. So this is, uh, a, a new IP. Um, it's, uh, it's a zombie it's, apocalypse. Uh, yep. Yep. So, yeah. So, not breaking any new ground in terms of like the um the setting. Um, but but this is probably the first zombie apocalypse game that you're gonna play where you're a biker dude. <laughs> oh, it's what I've always been waiting for. Um, seriously? No. <laughs> <laughs> just like just like a Mario and rabbits crossover. I don't think that a, a zombie apocalypse where I'm a biker dude is something that I've ever thought of. Like, oh man, I wish that this would somebody would make this um yeah you'd you'd be likely to you know attract the zombies towards you on a bike right yeah yeah um and uh yeah it's an open world um but it seems like it's got a lot of like stealth stuff you know where you're kind of sneaking around and trying to use like elements in the environment to your advantage you know so like um when uh when they were trying to sneak into this compound instead of, like, you know, trying to sneak all the way from the outside to, like, the middle of it where their friend was being held captive. Um, instead, they
1: blew up a dam or something?
0: Yeah, yeah. They went and, like, blew up the wall that was, that was preventing the zombies from getting into this compound. And, but um, in, the, in the little uh, outpost before then, it was just grab a bear trap. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, what did they do with that bear trap again? I think they put it down in the bushes and then okay. threw a rock at it.
0: Ah, yeah, and trick some other uh, NPCs to walk into it. That's right. Um, Watch where you step. Yep. Um, And then, of course, uh, Sony's got their own VR um, platform, so they were showing off a few games that are coming to PlayStation VR. Um, Skyrim, we already mentioned. Um, A new one called Starchild. I have no idea what the gameplay is going to be like in that because it seemed like kind of a side-scroller... yeah. Kind of thing where it like, and, and they had themes uh, of like, you know, this, this like normal human sized character who's being helped out by like gigantic um, mechanized f- things uh, in this, in this scary alien world. Um, there's what appears to be like, a, well, I'm not sure. Well, and then
1: uh, are we going on from this? Yeah. Yeah.
0: So if
1: you've ever wanted to fish,
0: in final fantasy well there's a game for you yep yeah if you couldn't get enough of the fishing in final fantasy 15 um now you can get an entire vr game that just lets you fish (laughs) and it lets you get really big fish so it's called monster of the deep (laughs) i have a feeling that
1: some very serious kind of gamers will love this
0: oh man i uh i don't know i don't know if i can take it seriously (laughs) Does it even tie into the the like the the wider game itself? You get like bonuses for performing well in this uh, VR fishing simulator. Maybe I don't know. I don't know. Uh, um, another original is uh, the Inpatient. So this seems like it's a psychological thriller where you're um well a patient at a psych ward, evidently, and um we'll see where I it goes. Like from. Kind of retro. Yeah, yeah, kind of like. Um, I feel like somebody's going to try to give me a lobotomy or something like that. You know, that, yeah. like that—that's how old uh, this, this like setting. Early twentieth century. Yeah. Um, there is a what appears to be like a cover-based shooter called Bravo Team. Um, it's another VR game, by the way. Um, watching like guns being shot in VR looks so silly.
1: Yeah, but. <laughs> But then again, like I've heard that it's like kind of more intuitive that, you know, you can actually visualize, you know, what it's
0: pointing at. Yep. Yep. I've just been like so trained to like, like have this, this nice 16 by nine field of view where the gun crosshair in the middle. Yeah. Crosshair in the middle. And the gun is sticking up kind of from like the bottom right hand corner, but not too far because you still need to be able to see everything that's in the world. But then, you know, you've got this game that's in VR where like, uh, when you 're shooting you know you 've got like the gun right in front of your face and you can 't see anything else and then like the gun shoots and it kind of like it jumps around because the gun has kick and everything you know um so i guess I guess it 's more realistic but it looks it looks silly to me
1: <laughs> have have you ever played uh modern warfare in uh i think it's i forget what exactly it 's called it's it's like kind of a maybe hardcore mode i think yeah, where, mm-hmm. yeah when I was in college, the people who liked to play uh, call of duty would play call of duty for a uh, multiplayer with this hardcore mode on and pretty much eliminated every kind of ui element on the screen mm. so like no crosshair which kind of messed me up like a lot because i had just got a 24 inch monitor at the time okay so, so like you know i would point the gun and start shooting only to realize oh that's like two inches to the left of what I thought was center. Mm -hmm. So then I'd have to like readjust. And by the time I did that, I was dead.
0: Yeah. And I mean, if you really wanted to get around that, you could like put a little piece of tape or something right in the middle of your (laughs) monitor. (laughs) Yeah. But then I just like would have to put tape on
1: like a monitor that I spent 400 bucks
0: for. Yeah. You know, you'll have to get over it someday. (sighs) I guess. Um next up is Moss which seemed to be like this kind of adorable indie game where you are it didn't seem like you were directly playing as the mouse who's the main character but you are like trying to manipulate the world around the mouse to allow it to solve these puzzles to progress through um through this kind of almost almost platformer but you know not quite um and uh I guess it it kind of seemed like um Oh, uh, what's that book series uh called where you've got like those warrior mice? Um I don't watch TV. Yeah, anyway. Um that's that's kind of the that's kind of the vibe that I was getting from it. It was, it it, you know, it has
1: a very cutesy art style.
0: Yeah, yeah. This adorable little mouse with uh who's like carrying around a rapier and um and yeah, yeah, help, helping it to uh to survive, I guess.
1: Watch out anyway, for the cat.
0: You mentioned God of War. Yeah, yeah. they uh they announced a new one. So what's up with this one? Uh so it essentially expands on the fact that
1: Kratos is a dad and uh you know going through you know the various uh you know parts of North's mythology. hmm So and uh I forget what like the snake. Like there's a uh, huge snake at the end.
0: Yeah, um nidhog or Nid- nidhogger or so however you pronounce it. Yeah. Uh, yeah the 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 snake that chews at the roots of the the world tree. Yeah, and
1: like uh, apparently the guy's kid says like uh, apparently he wants to help us or something. Right. Which I can imagine Kratos, you know, not having any of that.
0: Why now? Do you know anything about like that the story of Kratos's kid? Like why does the kid understand the snake? Uh, I don't know uh anything about him okay because
1: you kind of get that uh you know kind of get that feeling from the trailer like
0: you know like kratos is actually asking his kid like what is he trying to say Mm -hmm. yeah yeah um i also noticed that the kid kind of had like the same haircut as like um the kid in the the vikings um history channel show um i know that you don't watch tv um (laughs) but it it almost makes me think that like kratos uh had a kid with some like Norse goddess or something like that. I don't know. And so we're like, so, th- so that's why he's uh, traveling around in this, like, you know, Norse mythology setting now. I, I don't know. Not
1: because he killed all the
0: Greeks. May- yeah, <laughs> sure. He does seem to be into that, into the the whole killing thing. Um. Oh man, this next one really caught my attention. Detroit become human. Um. So the story here is that we have uh, a bunch of like, AIs that and and uh, you androids. know bodies that we have built, yes, um, called androids in this in this uh setting, and some of them have seem to have uh, developed self awareness, and they are not okay with being used as just mechanical slaves, um, and so they're like leading an android revolution, and um. There's, there's like, you know, a lot of decisions that you'll make as the main character here, the main character being one of the androids. Um, and, and apparently you can, like, jump back in time and uh, change a decision. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you, most of them seem to be kind of like violence versus pacifism kind of things. Um, hopefully it gets a little bit more nuanced than that, but... Um, but yeah, I'm I'm super into the the whole like what's going to happen when we hit the sin- the technological singularity, and uh, so eating up as many like different media portrayals of that event uh, is exactly what I want to do. But then there's just fun. Well, yeah, yeah, uh, and what can be more fun than Spider-Man?
1: So uh, the the trailer that they uh, uh, put up uh, is uh you know kind of just that you know everything spider-man you know slinging webs across you know buildings and stuff Mm -hmm. and you know of course you know the bad guy really doesn't care about you know property damage and just yeah dinging up everything
0: this is new york city in the marvel universe you know it gets destroyed one day and then it's rebuilt the next somehow kind of like tokyo and in godzilla yeah yeah exactly um yeah, so I mean, um, new Spider-Man game. Woo! Cool. Um, they did, oh, one, one tidbit from the, the trailer is, um, they, right at the end, they showed, um, Miles Morales, who is the, the character who's the ultimate Spider-Man in, uh, like currently in the comics. Um, so I'm not sure how that's gonna play into things where we have, like, Spider-Man and then, and then there's the other Spider-Man. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I thought that it's they were- like- that's, like, too meta. I thought that they were in different universes. But, um, yeah, who knows? Um, last up is Nintendo. Um, and, of course, Nintendo actually literally just had, like, one of their Nintendo Direct videos last week. So they didn't have a whole lot of stuff to show us for, for their press conference. It was only 25 minutes long. And I didn't bother watching it. Yeah, but here's, here's the things that they um, told us. One... They do have a core Pokemon game in development for the Switch. So it's good to get that out of the way because um, I'm sure that that's what a lot of people are waiting for to buy at the Switch. Um, there's a Kirby game coming to the Switch. There's a Yoshi game coming to the Switch. Um, Xenoblade Chronicles 2 is coming to the Switch. Fire Emblem Warriors is coming to the Switch. There's going to be a new DLC for uh, Breath of the Wild. Um, and I think they had some more details on that, but I did not read into it. Um, and Rocket League is coming to the Switch. There you go. So uh, I think it was like in the
1: Bethesda uh, uh presentation that uh, they had. Uh, I think it's just going to uh, presumably it's probably just going to be on uh, Skyrim on Switch. That apparently there was like a Zelda mod.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. There's uh yeah, there's some Legend of Zelda like items and i think you can like put on a link skin or something like that yeah while you're playing skyrim yep um yeah it's good nintendo is doing a lot of like kind of crossover work with other publishers that is very unusual for them yeah uh, and i'm totally down with this
1: yeah you know everyone yeah uh, is at least like all the fan fiction stuff you know is that's crossovers galore
0: yeah yeah um and I mean like the I the, the last uh crossover thing that I was aware of in Skyrim was like this this kind of more subtle uh you know item in the game called like the notched uh pickaxe that was yeah. just, just like a reference to Minecraft. Um but uh <laughs> and but then the, and then there yeah. was the
1: uh oh, what was it the one with the space core? Um in Skyrim? Yeah. Space core? Yeah, it was. I think it was like the first mod or
0: something that uh, oh, oh. had the Space Core from uh, Portal Two. Okay, so the, but this wasn't in the core game; it was in a mod. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yep. Although
1: I think wasn't wasn't Nolan North the uh, voice actor for the uh, Space Core? Was he? I I think he was that, uh, because, because they had the same voice actor uh, record the lines for the Space Core
0: hmm. uh,
1: in the uh, Skyrim mod interesting interesting yeah. yeah so yeah that was that was pretty sweet
0: let me look that up real quick yeah you're right yeah nolan north
1: <laughs> yeah he he was pretty much in every notable game so for yeah, for quite a can, few years yeah he would
0: you could check uh skyrim off for that he was also uh the fact core the adventure core and the defective turrets <laughs> <laughs> makes perfect sense um all right so, what did you think of uh, of E3 this year, Andrew? It was an E3 with E3 stuff.
1: So, I guess it's not a disappointment.
0: Yeah. Um. Do you think you would ever want to go to an E3 in person now that it's uh, a publicly available event? Um. Considering that I want to stay away from crowds in general, no. Mm-hmm.
1: Very fair. Yeah, I don't and, think... And, like, spending you know hours in line to play a game for like what 10 minutes
0: yeah not, not to mention exactly my thing not to mention how much the uh tickets are i'm sure and oh yeah and and you know getting out to LA um yeah and uh you know in the fact that let's see actually no
1: i'm not sure how fast the uh the tickets for E3 sold out i'm sure it was very fast maybe but i forget what exactly like what event, like it was a few, maybe two months ago that I heard some tickets selling out. I'm not sure if it was for E3, but yeah, it, it should probably sell out within
0: like an hour or so. Mm. Mm-hmm, mm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but, uh, I mean, E3 continues to be the place where most of our dear beloved companies, uh, announce their biggest things for, for the years ahead. Um, so, yeah, thanks for joining us, everybody. Um, it's been, been a fun one. Um, if you want to see the show notes for this episode, links to any of, you know, the um, the the actual videos that we talked about, go to thenexus.tv slash ns53. Um, if you would like to give us feedback on this episode or you know start a discussion on it um, you can look us up on Twitter as the Nexus TV or uh, email us at the Nexus nope yes the Nexus TV at gmail.com um, I have been Ian R buck you can find me on Twitter as Ian R. buck and I'm Andrew Bailey
1: and you can find me uh, on this podcasting network and also on Steam
0: there you go. have a good one everybody. Have a good one.